enjoy you. I enjoy each of you. I enjoy the whole group of you. And I enjoy the constellations of subgroups of you and the different ways that you show up here. I enjoy how your hearts shine open on Sunday mornings and services in helping with RE, intending to the facilities on Thursday mornings and the other ways you volunteer, in sharing apple cider and listening to beautiful music together under the trees. Church can be a place where our hearts are open, marinating in love, overflowing in love. And I've seen your hearts shine like a warm sun on a summer day. And the sun doesn't always shine. Some days the storm comes in. Perhaps there's a misunderstanding that touches a nerve. Perhaps you catch me on a bad day. I say something I don't mean. You say something you don't mean. And then clouds form and we don't see the sun for months. One time when I lived at a retreat center, all of the staff decided to go tubing down a river. We lived together, we worked together, and we were going to go tubing together. As I walked to one of the cars, I saw a new friend going back into the retreat center. I called out, let's go. She replied, I'm not going. I responded by flipping her the bird. Yeah, I did. I raised my middle finger. I did. I got into the car and we left without her. Now with my friends back home, if someone wasn't coming out for the night, you would flip them the bird. It meant, I love you. I wish, I wish you were coming out. It won't be the same without you. But my new friend at the retreat center did not share that understanding <laughs> of what the flipped bird meant in that context. So when I got back from tubing, I gave her a warm hello. She coldly replied that I had broken trust and she didn't want to be around me. Now this was before I had taken an interest in conflict resolution. And in fact, it's one of the reasons that I became interested in conflict resolution. So when she said, leave me alone, I did. Weeks went by, we lived together, we worked together, but basically we ignored each other. Eventually another staff person came to me and said, you two should talk. So I found her, I asked how she was doing, and we just started talking, and once again, we were friends. Yeah. So over time, our relationships have these breaks, these moments when the spirit in me does not see the spirit in you. Even as we long to connect, we can put up walls to protect ourselves. Clouds show up that stop the sun from shining through our hearts. 
Now this congregation is 35 years old, so you have had some weather. You've had a lot of sunny days, shared laughs, shared music making. Last Sunday was a fabulous example. And sometimes summer turns into November and the clouds set in. So I'd like to describe a weather pattern that I think hasn't fully cleared up in this church. A pattern that is getting in the way of us being the church of our dreams. So in interim ministry, it's, it's very normal to do this. This is what we do. We look at, okay, what patterns, what patterns might have helped us in the past but aren't helping us anymore? What, so what patterns can we let go of? So I think that there's a pattern in this church of withholding feedback. Now, ooh, withholding feedback, that doesn't sound so bad. Uh, it's not the end of the world. But feedback is valuable for addressing small issues before they become big issues. Feedback is a vital part of the flow of relationship and thriving together. Humans are not omniscient beings who can see all issues from all points of view. So we need help getting the full picture. We need help seeing what we don't see. One of the reasons you withhold feedback in, is that in the past, uh, it was rejected. Maybe you offered your helpful perspective, the response was a growl, you put your feedback back in your pocket and you zipped up your pocket. So what do we do when our feedback is not welcome? One way of dealing with being ignored is to say, fine, I'll accept things as they are. I'll accept if the salad dressing is a little bland or if that decision isn't very inclusive. There can be grace in accepting things as they are, but sometimes our spirit yearns for more. And just speaking for myself, sometimes if I withhold my feelings a bit too long, sometimes they come out in a way that's not helpful. So. Another common response is that instead of sharing your feedback with the person who needs to hear it, you share your perspective with a confidant, someone who agrees with your assessment of the person in question. It can feel so good to marinate in shared criticism of someone else. You know, some political parties are built on that principle. <laughs> but that creates factions in the, instead of community. And sometimes our spirit yearns for more. And finally, a common response is to stop participating in a particular part of church. My perspective is welcome in this group, but not in this group, so I'll go to this group, but not this group. Sometimes that makes sense. Uh, it often feels easiest, but sometimes our spirit yearns for more. There's a song by the band Bright Eyes with these words. If you walk away, I'll walk away. Just tell me which road you will take. I don't want to risk our paths crossing someday. If you walk that way, I'll walk this way. The final verse has these words. I'm up at dawn putting on my shoes. I'm leaving, but I don't know where to. 
So how sad and lonely to put up a wall of protection and then end up with nothing. A rock feels no pain and an island never cries. So how tempting to curl up and protect yourself from the hurts of the world. How natural that if you were once bitten, you would be twice shy. And yet, here we are. Even from behind the clouds, there is something that we know. Real relationship is glorious. Perhaps it is the ghost of Ralph Waldo Emerson speaking to us, saying, soul, soul, everything, soul. We need direct experience of life. The spirit in me needs to see the spirit in you. My heart needs to feel a connection with your heart. We cannot live separately with a nice clean picket fence separating your soul from mine. We need more. We need to take a chance again and risk actually living a life of human connection. We need each other. Reverend Sadie Lansdale said, we are all pains in the butt, but, but we are each other's pain in the butt. And if you don't see yourself as a pain in the butt, that's okay. When you believe in living a life of human connection, something shifts. You begin to feel the presence of love even when it's hard. The goal is not always a sunny sky. As one of you told me this week, if we wanted to live in Los Angeles, we would live in Los Angeles. Instead, we recognize that to fully live, there is going to be weather. I bring my hurts and tenderness, you bring your hurts and tenderness. I bring my perspective as articulate as I can be, you bring your perspective as articulate as you can be. And then we misunderstand each other and accidentally step on each other's toes and it stings even more because of how much we care about this church. And then we show up again and we go for it again. And we do all this within the context of a larger world. While the spirit in me is seeking to connect with the spirit in you, there are 8 billion people on our planet, most of whom just want to love their neighbor. To address the world's problems, we need to figure out human connection. Yes, there are problems other than just human connection, but the trust from human connection is needed to address systemic problems and coordination problems like climate, war. So doing the work of church goes hand in hand with doing the work of the world. I invite you now to reflect on a time in your life when an interpersonal issue was hard for you. Perhaps someone didn't value your perspective or, or your feedback or your beliefs. Perhaps they didn't really hear you. So what feeling do you have now as you look back at that moment? So have a moment for reflection. What need went unmet?
So perhaps it feels resolved for you now, like it's water under the bridge. You haven't forgotten, but you've forgiven and moved on. Or perhaps it doesn't feel resolved for you. Perhaps there are lingering feelings. Interim ministers have found that when a part of the church's history feels unresolved, it can be helpful to have sacred listening circles. In a sacred listening circle, my heart listens for your heart. There is something about being witnessed that helps us to heal and move forward. The circles typically have five to 10 people in them, enough to feel held, small enough to feel intimacy. Our first circles will be on the topic of things that happened the year before I came. And the dates are this coming Thursday, Saturday, and the following Tuesday. Uh, dates and times went out on Groups.io and they'll be in the newsletter tomorrow. Please sign up. These circles are a vital part of interim ministry and they need your participation. We heal, we let go of hurts, we resolve our feelings and we move forward together. Another way you can help this church be even more of the church of your dreams is to speak directly with people when there is an ouch, a misunderstanding or a point of contention. If you gave up on direct communication years ago, now is a great time to regain your faith. I don't mean bring up something from years ago. Um, talk to me before that. That might, you know, catch the person off guard. Uh, I mean that once you've decided that you have something to say to someone, say it directly to them. If you need help to do that, you're welcome to get support from me or anyone else. And I'd be glad to talk with you about anything that feels unresolved to help you to move forward with it. Yeah. And if someone comes to you criticizing someone else, um, you can ask if they need help speaking with the person directly. When I lift up the importance of direct communication, I am not inviting a feedback free for all. That would be a nightmare. There is a reason that advice has a bad name. So in general, when someone has been delegated to do a job, let them do it in their own imperfect and quirky way. Rather, I'm talking of those rare times when something really does need to be said. I plan to do a workshop on giving and receiving feedback. And in the meantime, feel free to reach out to me if you need support on either end, whether you feel rebuffed after giving feedback or you feel defensive after receiving feedback. In the back of the gray hymnal, in reading number 637 is called A Litany of Atonement. We're not gonna read it. You're welcome to look, it's beautiful. It's the one where you repeat the line, we forgive ourselves and each other, we begin again in love. It was written by Reverend Rob Eller Isaacs. Rob and his wife Jan got a huge round of applause and cheers at General Assembly this year when their retirement was honored. And then two months later, Rob died. His funeral was three weeks ago in Portland and it just happened to be my first full day in town. So I was able to go. 
Family and friends spoke about how much they loved him and also about how relating to him could be complicated. There is perhaps a reason that he wrote the line, we forgive ourselves and each other, we begin again in love. It was, uh, it's a well-used line, I think it rings true for many. Sounds like it rung true for him and his community. We begin again in love by trying out direct communication, sharing from heart to heart, and we have a communication workshop coming up to help you to do that. We begin again in love by releasing past hurts, and we have sacred listening circles this week to help you to do that. We begin again in love by saying, yes, feeling alive is worth it, feeling connected is worth it, this church is worth it, this world is worth it, and you are worth it. Even when there are clouds, I love knowing that your heart is there. I love the weather patterns that emerge because I know that deep down, you are love.